Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drivel, uh, the motoring podcast brought to you by a couple of petrol heads that love to t- talk about all things cars, if I could get my words out. And we are your hosts. I'm Mo. And I'm Mo. Thank you and welcome to the either same two people that were here last week or the same no people that were here last week. But as last week, we're excited to record some more Drivel for you. Yeah, that's right. But before we do, we need to get something really important out of the way first. Well, is this where you tell people basically not to listen to us and why are you listening to us if you are? So our disclaimer, yeah? Basically, yeah, I'm going to tell people to ignore everything that we're about to say. This is our verbal disclaimer. Uh, And as we said in the last episode, we're not industry experts. We're not professionals. Uh, In this room right now, you won't find a single motoring journalist, professional, semi-professional or even amateur driver among us. None of that. No, no. Well, even though I think my opinions hold quite a bit of weight, but to your point, yeah, we're not professionals. We don't review cars for a living. Uh, we just talk about them in a general sense. Um, you may have some questionable opinions, while mine are quite strong. I'm sorry, what was that? I may have some questionable opinions? Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll let the audience decide, all two of them. <laughs> <laughs> it might go 50-50, we don't know. But with that in mind, um, do not, and I repeat... Do not take anything we say in the next 45 minutes or so as anything that remotely resembles advice. And the reason why I don't want you to do that is because I don't want you to complain that you followed our advice and then something went horribly wrong. Because it probably will. Apart from what you literally just said. What about don't listen about to my not advice? To us. That's the only advice Correct. that they should listen. It's not the advice, it's a disclaimer. So maybe we should differentiate. Don't listen to any advice, listen to the disclaimers. And I think right now we are illustrating exactly why we call this podcast Drivel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so basically the advice is don't take any advice from us apart from what we just said. So from here on in, don't listen to what we're saying. Well, no, listen to us, obviously. Otherwise, you just wouldn't have Well, I mean, driving down the car, having it on in the background or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, ambience noise. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to pay us any attention. No, no, no. Unless we say something that's kind of funny or amusing or entertaining. Or offensive. Or offensive, yeah, yeah. On my part. Yeah, I don't know. I might get a bit offensive today. I've got a topic I really want I've to talk about. I've never known you to be offensive, actually. Um, yeah, but this podcast brings out the worst in me. And I don't know if that's because I'm sat in a room with you or what. Uh, maybe you're more confident because no one else is around listening to your drivel. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> apart from the two people online that are listening. Hopefully we'll get up to three this week. Four. We'll get four. We'll get, we'll get four. four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, pushing for big numbers. Yeah, yeah. I'll pay some. I've told someone. You else are they have to. I've told them they have to listen to it. We've got to get on that chart somehow. But hang somehow. on, hang on. Right now, we are generating zero revenue because, well, I guess you need listeners and advertising and stuff. like. I don't really know how any of this works. I just know that I got a couple of microphones off Amazon and we wanted to record some stuff. So we did. Uh, but you're now claiming we have to pay someone to listen. So this is actually a negative revenue well, actually, activity. Well, actually, having said that, it's not a negative because I've actually got our first sponsor. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I should have mentioned this before. Reading Low Cost Garage. Uh, I don't even remember their details off by heart, but they're on Craddock <laughs> Road by the macro. Um, they're actually very good guys and you know me I don't normally take my cars anywhere to to a garage to get repaired I do most of it myself to be fair but if I do need to I'll always go to Reading Low Cost Garage first they're good guys actually in there they've got MOTs uh, paintwork bodywork mechanics and that so they're very good you can google them they'll come up on google but I'll remember to get their details next time Reading Low Cost Garage you heard it here first and possibly nowhere else I don't I don't really know much about this garage but Omer trusts them and actually do you know what he's the guy that knows about mechanicals I know how to make things look nice look and good. shiny um, but yeah he, he's the one that knows how to make them actually run so, so while well, yes. you sit there and do all the research and plan these sessions I'm actually doing stuff in the background you see there you go. sponsors so uh, yeah actually he will uh, he won't 
readily recommend a mechanic unless he uh, he's experienced them firsthand. So uh, I don't I don't think I've ever I don't think I can rec- I don't think I've ever recommended a mechanic. I mean I, I can't remember that I can't remember when I've ever given my car in to anyone other than an MOT. I mean even with even with the guys at Reading Low Cost to be fair it, because like they they most of the time I'll just go there and borrow their ramp to be fair. <laughs> and happy to do- so, so are you recommending them because they're happy to give away a ramp to you, or because they're actually very good mechanics? I'm not recommend. They won't give a ramp to anyone, so I'm not recommending that part of it. But they are very good mechanics, actually, and cool. very reasonable. So they're good. Um, so that's the sponsors out of the way. That's our legal disclaimer out of the way, so we're clear. So no yeah, one can come yeah. and sue us. And I, I, I'm still not convinced that we're not going to be um, either breaking even or positive revenue at any point as a result of this episode. I still sounds like we're going to come out negative. Yeah, we still we're still in the negative. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, and I had to put so, fuel in the car to come here as well. But yeah, exactly, um, yeah. that's a long way to come as well. So I'm sure someone, if someone, we could set up a GoFundMe page. M- maybe, yeah, get some pity money. Yeah, just yeah. to enable us to do this. <laughs> From the one person that's listening. Do you think we've dropped some listeners now as a result of that? Yeah, I don't. People think that's probably tuned. Well, people, two people probably tuned in expecting us to talk about kind of cars and motoring related stuff. And so far, you've plugged your mate's garage. Um, and, and I've told people not to not take to any advice, not to listen yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah, it's going well so far. That's, that's all right. Well, my mate better be listening. He's the one extra listener we got. <laughs> there we go. Excellent. <laughs> right now we've got that out of the way. Where was I? I know what I want. Actually, here's what I want to talk about. You got any opinions on smart motorways? Do I have opinions on smart motorways? I actually think they're. Um, I don't think I think they're quite good, um, and I had this debate with with my wife. Um, she did a journey not too long ago, which was on a, a smart motorway, and and her view of it was the the filter lane um, to actually come off at the junction that she wanted to come off at was was very very kind of uh, short notice, uh, and it was because of the the kind of partially blocked or accessible hard shoulder, which I I assume is what you mean by a smart motorway. So she wasn't a big fan of it, but but I think actually it's not a bad idea. Um, you have know, you been, been on one? I have been on a smart motorway. Which one? Uh, the M forty two. That's a smart motorway, is it not? The M forty two. It's not a smart motorway as the smart motorways are being designed now. So the M42 actually is probably an anomaly because the M42 has an active hard shoulder. You are allowed to drive on the hard shoulder when they let you, yeah. but they can close it down. Correct, yeah. And is when that it's not closed what a smart motorway is? No. So when it's closed down, the entire hard shoulder is closed because it's there. You no, can't use it to use it. A smart motorway, all the lanes are active at all times right if there's an accident then it you, they close a lane down and i was watching right so it's an interchangeable hard shoulder so the hard shoulder could be right smack bang in the middle of the motorway no no it'll still always be on well th- well here's the thing so if you so depends on how you break down right or what the problem what the breakdown is what if you're in the third lane and you can't get to the inside lane where the traditional hard shoulder is then the traffic wombles appear and make everything magically great again. They do, but the the, for three hours. by the time they get there, if you're doing 70 miles an hour on the... Because mo- I was watching... Well, I, I, I don't know what program I was... I think I was watching the program on these motorway wombles and someone had broken down and actually this, the space that you have from the exit coming onto a smart motorway, there's hardly any space. 
So if someone's broken down near a junction or whatever, mm-hmm. it was quite. I mean, I got a feel for them wombles. I know I don't. I don't think they do much. But standing out there on the road in the motorway with cars doing 65, 70 miles an hour, shooting past you, not seeing where someone is or noticing late. That's that is actually a very dangerous situation. Yeah, I, I yeah I agree. Those guys and the recovery guys as well. You know, yeah. that's that's it's just pretty dangerous work. We have three lanes currently. And how many times do you see people just sitting in the middle lane? People do not know how oh. to use a motorway as they currently stand. Oh, this is a really big pet peeve of mine. I do a lot of motorway traveling. I don't do as much as I used to before, but I used to do an awful lot. And the thing that would annoy me the most, it, it's not, and it's not even sitting in the middle lane. It's sitting in any lane other than the, the leftmost lane, which is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Keep left unless overtaking. It's a pretty simple it's statement. Sim- it's very, very, it's a very straightforward concept. Yeah. Keep left unless overtaking. And if you're listening to us in the car right now and you're on a motorway and you're not in the left lane, Get you better there. be overtaking. Get there. Yeah. Right. It's, it's really simple. Yeah. And yeah. it bugs the crap oh, out of me. I, I just, I, I don't, I have a friend who does it. And every time we get in the car, I'm always like, getting, I'm like, why do you drive in the middle lane? Because it's safer. How? Safer for who? How? It's actually more dangerous because if I was if I was now in the in the, in the leftmost lane yeah. and I was traveling faster than said friend, I, I'm yeah. going to use air quotes for friend because I'm not sure you should continue this friendship just based <laughs> off what I've heard. Um, but if I was traveling faster than him or her, uh, and what I would then have to do was either, would either be illegal, which would be undertake, undertake. Yeah. or I'd have to go across two lanes to overtake and then. If I'm using the motorway correctly, come back, back two lanes over yeah. to get in, back into the leftmost lane. Yeah. That's that's quite dangerous. It's, the, it's it, more dangerous it than is. if he was in the left it lane is. and I just went over across one lane. Yeah. So the amount of people that do that, and now you're building a lane with four lanes without a hard shoulder. A motorway with four lanes, you mean? Uh, sorry, a motorway with four lanes. People are not going to know where to drive in them to start with. <laughs> They're going to be like, where's the middle lane? So all these middle lane hoggers that have yeah. spent their lives driving in the middle lane, what are they going to do? Straddle the two centre lanes. That, can you imagine the confusion? They'll join a it motorway and they'll just be like, havoc. what am I supposed to do? Where do I which, do which, lane do I, which lane do I drive in? Not everyone's, and this is, this is nothing again, you know, this isn't a, a knock or anything. Not everyone's a very confident driver and that's fine. You know, everyone has their own confidence levels and it's not about ability. Some people just might not be, but you're making it more difficult for those people to understand the rules. And then on top of that, when someone breaks oh, down. Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're blaming the creators of smart motorways who are trying to solve a congestion problem on our motorways because people are too stupid to understand keep left unless overtaking. Let's take confidence away from Well, yeah, second. okay. Yeah, when, yeah. You put, when you put it you, like that, you yeah, are, yeah, You are yeah, being yeah, trusted yeah, yeah. to operate a motor vehicle, vehicle yeah, something yeah. that is in excess of one tonne. I mean, it's probably about 1.5 tonne ton these days yeah, with all yeah. the crap they throw into them. And this thing is capable of travelling at 70 miles an hour and then some, in most cases, in all cases probably, unless you're driving a G-Wiz, in which case, <laughs> don't go on a motorway. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you, you're being trusted to drive something which is effectively a big, big old weapon. If you it don't is. understand... Basic sentences constructed in English or whatever your your kind of your your first language is because it you know the highway code I'm sure is available in multiple languages. If you don't understand basic instructions like that, then I'm sorry, you are the one to blame, not the yeah, people yeah. building the motorways. No, but again, but the thing is, you don't when you learn to drive three point turns, U turns, parallel parking. You have to be like a certain way from what the what does it matter if you hit the curb? Really, what does it matter if you? But they don't teach you how to drive on the motorway. Yeah, I've always found that really, really odd. Which, that is the most dangerous place to be. 
yet they're worried about if you can do a three-point turn or if you can parallel park or if you can reverse park. Do you know what? I don't care if it takes someone half an hour to reverse park in a car, in a supermarket car park. I'd rather they know how to drive in a motorway. And I don't understand. I do not understand why it's not compulsory to learn to drive on the motorway once you pass your test. All I heard there, because I'm very immature and childish, was the next time I drive to a supermarket and you're in the passenger seat, I'm going to take about half an hour just to park to see how annoyed you really are. I'll be be out of there and I'll already be shopping. I am not going to hang around (laughs) to do it. If if it takes you that long to do it, that's fine, but not with me in in, in company. But that's that's a really valid point. I remember many moons ago when I was learning to drive and, and kind of, you know, finding out that fact that learners can't go on the motorway so my first time going on a motorway was um i I can't remember who was with me i don't don't know if it was a family member or a friend or something but you know i was in the driver's seat i had my my driving license i was driving there were no uh red or green l plates on my car or anything Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. first time i drove on a motorway was like well let's just see what happens yeah and um yeah it can be pretty dangerous i can't i I actually i can't i can't remember the first time I ever drove in the motorway, but I can remember not being phased by it for some reason. Is that because you used so, to drive around at 70 miles an hour in domestic neighbourhoods? Yeah, and probably before I was allowed to. And probably before you were allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, but genuinely, I mean, if I would have been phased, I would have remembered, but I genuinely, I can't, I can't remember having been phased the first time I went on the motorway, which is probably why I can't remember the first time I went on a motorway. But... Uh, essentially you drive, uh, um, I know motorways are dangerous places but they sh- don't need to be and shouldn't need to be and, and the other thing that annoys me is this term accident an accident is when you do something accidentally oh sorry I spilled that glass of water or you know I accidentally broke something when you're on the motorway or you're in the car you don't have an accident it's because you were not paying attention no no but <laughs> what you're saying there implies that people and there may be some mental fuckers out there to be honest but people are get out of their house, say, they get up in the morning, they shower, they get dressed, they pick up their car keys, they leave the house, bye, bye darling, say goodbye yeah. to their wife. Yeah. I am now going to drive into something. That would well, be... Eff- but effectively, that's what... Look, if you're <laughs> driving on the motorway, yeah, and you're driving with due care and attention, you can't... How is it... It's always someone that does something stupid. If you go in the back of someone, you're driving too fast or you're too close to them, yeah? If you sideswipe someone, you haven't indicated, you haven't looked behind you and you've just done... So you, you're driving ignorant. That's not an accident. That does remind me of the very first time I discovered what a blind spot was. That was pretty scary. How did you discover that? Did you feel it? No, I didn't feel it. No, no, I heard, I heard the horn in time and then yeah. moved back into leg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not an accident. You know, oh, sorry, I forgot to check. You can't forget to check when you're doing 70 miles an hour and there's a load of cars around you. That's not something you forget to check. That's just pure ignorance and laziness, like not indicating. So what you're effectively saying is the entire, not the concept of a road traffic accident, but the, the it's, phrase it's road traffic accident is wrong. is wrong. Yeah. It's road traffic error. Error, error. Actually, yes, road traffic error. It should be an error. Or road traffic ignorance. Or road traffic stupidity. Or road traffic twat. <laughs> so RTAs are now RTTs. RTTs. That, that, was, that was the best Road one. traffic twat. There road you go. Yeah, because that's what it is. There's no such thing as an accident when you're driving. How can you not pay attention, like you say, when you're in, in control of a, a, effectively a killing machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's just stupid. Yeah, but- and, and I've, I've I've always I've always held that opinion, you know, and and that's the other thing as well. I know there are some countries around the world, and um, you know, big wishful thinking here. We may even have some listeners from those countries. Who knows? Dream big and all that. Um, but there are some countries around the world that test periodically. So you, it's not just a one-time affair. You get yeah, your driving yeah, license, yeah. and then that's it. You, away you go. You get tested periodically to ensure that you're still capable of driving. And if you consider 
like we've just said, you're, you're, you are driving a, a very big metal weapon, effectively, capable of mm -hmm. traveling at mm -hmm. very, very high speeds and, and injuring lots of people. Um, it, I don't understand why we aren't tested more regularly. Lots, I'm, I'm sure lots of petrol heads, fellow petrol heads like us uh, and, and those who are listening probably going, well, why, why are you even saying that out loud? But actually, if you just think about it for a moment and you, and you take away the fact that we love driving, um, you know, we love experiencing the open road and... Yeah. I guess some of us don't really like the idea of uh, kind of uh, authority ruining our fun sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's not me saying you should go out there and actively break the law. That's completely different and mm -hmm. always be responsible when, you, when you're behind the wheel of a car. Um, but, you know, there's enough jumping through hoops as it is already when it can. It can there can be when it comes to driving. But yeah, that's one of the hoops us, yeah. that I think we should be jumping through more often. Oh, definitely. We, we, should, be, we should be being tested. And it doesn't have to be as as uh, as In, uh, intense as a brand yeah. new test or a new yeah, test. Exactly. But and actually, would would it be if you're an experienced driver? If you've been driving for twenty years and then you have to sit another test, would it be as intense as the first time you did it when you were seventeen or eighteen years old? Probably not. I'd argue it wouldn't be. Yeah, they change it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the test doesn't have to be as challenging, as challenging or as intricate. No, not at all. But at least something where some some professional holds you to a standard to say, yeah, you're okay to continue yeah. driving for the next five years or ten years. Awareness. Might be. I think it's. I think the test has just got to know about can you park can you turn a car around it's got to be about awareness like the older we get obviously things like reactions and things like that diminish yeah. so you know when you get to a certain age whether i don't know 45 55 something like that then i think you should have to some of do, us are do, closer do, to that than others just saying some i don't know who you're talking about um <laughs> but you should you should be have to or the other thing is you should if you're going to pass your test you shouldn't be allowed to drive fine you can drive but you shouldn't be allowed to drive in the motorway until you do a motorway test yeah, yeah, so if you want to awesome. drive locally, that's fine. It's a bit like an automatic or a manual license. It's fine. If you want to drive local, you can, but you can't, you're not allowed on the motorway until you do a motorway test. I mean, or they could just solve that problem, given that motorways are everywhere. And often it's, even if you're traveling a small distance, a motorway can be a far more convenient way of doing it. And depending on where you live, like, for example, yeah. where I live, if I want to get to any kind of neighboring town, um, I, I'm on to. the, I, I get on the M40. I'm, yeah. I'm literally minutes away from it. So if yeah. I want to go... Um, towards the Midlands, uh, like so, further into the Midlands, and M40. If I want to come down south to see you and record this, yeah. M40. If I want to go up north, M40. You know, there's, M40, there, yeah, I've got yeah, yeah. very little choice really, other than to do that. So the actual kind of obvious answer is just teach people to drive to on the motorway. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're teaching them yeah, how to drive yeah. anyway. You might as well just veer yeah. onto the motorway and say, hey, just drive a little bit faster than normal. Oh, and by the way, these things that are called mirrors, they're really, really important. Really important. And the indicators. We're spending. They spend all this money to. Well, I was going to see, sorry, they're spending all this money on the road. Spend a bit less money and educate people. I think that's that's. But there's that, no money. The there's no, no money to be spent by kind of government and local authorities to teach people. Driving lessons aren't funded by anybody. You pay a driving instructor with your own hard-earned cash. I'm pretty sure driving instructors oh, yeah, aren't yeah, going to object yeah. to this because no, what? guess what? It's now going to be an extra couple of lessons that you probably need before you're ready for your test. Yeah, yeah. That's an. I don't know how much driving lessons cost these days. I'm sure some extortionate amount. Yeah, about twenty pound when I did mine. Yeah, I don't think they're about yeah, twenty quid anymore. They're, no. they're probably about forty to fifty. Probably so that's an extra yeah. what hundred quid in your pocket. Yeah, and and then yeah, so yeah, driving yeah. instructors aren't going to complain. I'm pretty sure people learning to drive. I I certainly would have been grateful for the additional support on the motorway i know it was optional to me but you know kind of when you're 17 or 18 you're invincible right so you just go man nah, forget it mm. but if it was something that i'd that, that was a, a rule and I, I had to then i absolutely would have complied and i would have taken lessons on the motorway as well the one that, actually the one thing you mentioned actually about smart motorway so uh, you know I, I i don't think they're gonna be particularly safe and they could, i don't think they're gonna be particularly safe and i think they're gonna cause cause a lot of issues when when people break down but congestion bringing down congestion i don't 
I don't see how it's like let's take the M4 for example which is which isn't close to me so if you're going into London you're on the M4 when you get into London you're still getting down you're down to two lanes you can't you it's not like they're expanding London they're just they're just making sort of more cars arrive at that bottleneck <laughs> that's a very valid point actually yeah it's it's like, like, eventually... okay the cars that we're off at the junction is fine they're going to go anyway but yeah. if there's more of them they'll clog up the junction a bit more but the end destination of, of that motorway is still on the M4 for example still London that comes down to two lanes once you get past what is it um, Heston Services yeah so so yeah whether it's an eight lane motorway or a six lane motorway or three lane it's got to come down to it's two it's got to come down to two yeah so, and, and that's actually the biggest problem that we see, right? On, on smart motorways, yeah. is when you have a lane closure on a smart motorway, the whole motorway grinds to a halt. Oh, it destroys it! Yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah, theory, yeah. what should be happening is the, the other lanes continue to continue to drive and, and carry on, and the, the the flow of traffic continues. Yeah. But in reality, because you've got people now merging from four lanes to three, and that's all it can be—four mm. to three—that can cause traffic to come to a complete stop. Complete stop. stop. Yeah. Complete. Yeah, totally. And for for miles before, I mean, I, I did think maybe there was a way they could have. The left lane for people that are just just going off at the next junction is just going off at the next junction. But I guess practically it doesn't it won't work. And then it, you're trying to educate the same people that can't drive on them anyway. So that probably yeah, won't work. A, but it's a losing battle. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'd rather they just spent all that money on resurfacing the roads. Well, there is that too, yeah. And and, and filling up all the potholes. Yeah. We can, we can keep wishing for that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you uh, can pay some ridiculous amount for... Uh, road tax or road fund license as it's officially known yeah, yeah. well it clearly doesn't go on the roads so. no i don't think yeah. it does go on the roads but um yeah that's my that's my smart we'll, 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 i'm sure we'll come back to the topic when they're actually all fully open but i was driving back on one yesterday and i was just like mm. yeah I, I mean i've been doing some uh some fairly kind of decent long distance driving recently so yeah. we are uh we are now right at the end of the uh i guess the british summer holiday period and in 2020 it's been a bit of a, a weird year i think that's that's probably an understatement. <laughs> I mean, first, little, of all, yeah. first of all, I couldn't tell you where the last six months went. It was in the blink of an eye. Actually, you're right. It's just... Considering we spent them all at home. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That's just... I know. That's yeah. probably why, because we haven't done anything to remember. Yeah. The days feel like weeks and the months feel like minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's mental. Absolutely yeah, crazy. Yeah, you're right, actually. It um, has. But, but we did manage to get a little bit of normality. Ordinarily, um, I think a lot of people uh, in the summer do try and get away and, and go to other countries. That's... That was obviously not an option mm, for, for, mm. for a lot of this period. It's it's become an option more recently. But even then, you know, I, I personally am a little bit apprehensive about flying. And by the way, I'm not going to go into a whole coronavirus. Flying general or because of corona? Oh, no, no. Because of oh, corona. Because yeah, corona. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, fine. I, I trust in engineering of planes. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to go into a whole coronavirus. Does it exist? Does it not exist for you conspiracy theorists out there? So if we did have one conspiracy theorist listening, we've probably dropped another listener right now. I'm We're actually confused. To- I'm actually confused about whether it exists or not because the amount of things that have opened, as, and like you say, not to go into a debate because it's not really what we're here for in that sense but we're certainly not if we're not experts in anything it's definitely, <laughs> definitely not, not coronavirus health and pandemics but yeah <laughs> everything's opened up and the infection rates aren't going up if you look at the bars restaurants where people can go in and that i haven't heard any infection rates that are going up apart from a few select places so what where's the transmission where is it now it's not really happening now so it's got like obviously i'm not denying what's happened and stuff but it's just a bit confusing that Infection is like don't go out in groups, don't mix with people. But now people are stood around in bars and stuff, and there's nothing happening to the rates. So. Who knows? Who knows? But anyway, 
before we got sidetracked to talking about the virus. Yeah. Uh, so what we decided to do, um, me and my family, uh, was we decided that we were going to take a few day breaks and kind of um, short UK breaks, uh, which was a challenge in itself. What, finding somewhere to go? Finding somewhere to go. Yeah. Um, the UK is brilliant. It's a fantastic place to go and visit. There's lots of lovely places to go and visit. But I tell you what, when you can't travel abroad, those who have um, kind of holiday homes or uh, accommodation or hotels or any anything that can accommodate a family for a UK type break they absolutely took advantage of, oh, uh, yes. of the old economics mantra of uh, supply versus demand yeah. and prices went through the roof um, so that little rant aside because that annoyed the crap out of me um, we did manage to get away for a couple of days and we did quite a lot of driving um, so we we went to uh, a, f- a few of these uh, wonderful places. Let's see if anybody uh, recognises these from their childhood. We went and visited the Derbyshire Dales, which um, wasn't too what? far from me in Warwick. It's actually really, really nice. Um, I don't know why I sounded surprised when I said that, because the uh, the Derbyshire Dales are not known to be anything other than nice. I don't think they're not known. But the Yorkshire Dales, yes. Yeah, there's Dales there. in Derbyshire as well. Yeah. You know yeah. that now. And actually, I would yeah. recommend it. It's quite nice. Quite a okay. nice little day out. Um, that was a 170 mile round trip and, and I'll come back to the point of why I'm talking about how long the round trip is in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, we then did Blackpool, Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Uh, it was, yeah. I wouldn't say it was pleasurable. It was a beach. It definitely was a beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it was called Blackpool. Mm, I don't know. It yeah. was okay. I've never it was been fine. there. Never felt the need to, to be fair. Well, yeah, you probably did the right thing. We, <laughs> yeah. we used to go a, a lot more when I was younger. Um, and I guess when you're younger, I don't know if we walk around permanently wearing rose-tinted glasses or what. Our parents used to force us to wear them or something. But everything when you were younger seemed to be a lot amazing. better. Yeah, yeah. yeah traveling there as a, uh, a mid-30-something-year-old. No, that was great. Was like, yeah. yeah, smelt a little bit as well. But anyway, um, that was a 310-mile round trip. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we did a, a family trip to Yarmouth. That was a two-day trip, and that was uh, 170 miles each way, so a 340-mile round trip. Um, now, at the moment in my uh, stable, fleet, whatever you want to call it, we have two cars. We're a two-car oh, yeah, yeah. household. Uh, I've got a petrol car and I've got a diesel car. My petrol car is not the most economical thing in the world. And my diesel, like most diesels... Is a diesel. Is a diesel. Um, and Enough it, said. <laughs> well, i tell you what, right? It, and this is the point that I'm going to go on to make. It does about 50 to, Oil 60, burners. 50 to 60 miles to the gallon. Right. And and this isn't about a, a conversation about kind of cost and expense or anything like that. But what I will say is uh, being able to travel uh, you know, kind of well over 100 miles on 10 pounds worth of diesel. Don't knock it till you've tried it. And and in reality, right, the, so the diesel I've, I'm driving at the moment is a, a 420D BMW. So it's the same B47 two litre diesel engine that they stick into pretty much anything that's a 20d from like 2017 onwards so it's about 190 horsepower in the four series it is not 16 about seven seconds about 400 newton meters of torque now i know that in kind of very very recent years um performance figures for cars have gone ballistic you can buy like family estate cars that do not 60 in less than four seconds which is and then why yeah but yeah yeah but 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 what I'm trying to say here is that actually seven seconds and 400 newton meters of torque is fine. Keeps up with traffic without mm-hmm. any issues at all. And it's a really, really economical car. And it was great for those journeys. But what it got me thinking about, um, and it was a couple of days later because a, a car has come out recently, which I quite like the look of, and that's the Honda E. It's an electric car. Oh, that little Wally looking thing. Yeah, and, and I actually really like the look of it. It's a cross between a yeah. Volkswagen Golf kind of Mark 1, one. slash Mark 2 yeah, um, yeah. with a kind of a little bit of a traditional Japanese K car 
And then the yeah. third bit of it is cube. this... Nissan Cube? Yeah, Nissan well, cube. I was going to say, if someone took the Rolls-Royce Cullinan and put it in the washing machine uh, and then let it shrink a little bit, but they kept some of the nice bits. And actually, the Rolls-Royce Cullinan is disgusting, but only just because it's massive, right? When you've got such a blocky shape and it's so huge, it looks revolting. But uh, in the Honda E, because it's shrunk down, it does look like a cute little version of Postman Pat's van with some Japanese K-car attitude. But this isn't a review mm. of, the, of the Honda E or anything like that, by the way. Um, I just think it's quite an interesting car. and a quite like, Wait, This is what you in or you saw it? While no, you this, is, this, this was a review that I oh, watched. Oh, okay, afterwards. okay. Right. Uh, and it got me thinking about the whole combustion engine versus electric car thing. Mm. Now, if yeah. I was doing these trips, these day trips and these two day trips with my family in an electric car... Let's just talk about the practicalities. So whenever anyone talks about an electric car, they, they, they talk about the, the cost saving. And, and do you know what? There's, there's no denying that. When it comes to just, let's talk about filling up a tank for a second. So to fill up that 420D tank is probably about 60 quid. And on motorways, it will give me about 600 miles, right? So that's the you know, 100, 100 mm-hmm. miles, 10 mm-hmm. pound thing that I was talking about. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant economy. Now, to charge an electric car, typically talking about three to four pounds in electricity, and an electric car's range is, let's be generous, about 200 miles. So to get the 600 mile range, you're talking at a cost of about 12 pounds to charge. So absolutely, an electric car is cheaper to run. But let's just go back. To- Wait, so you're talking about, so you can't generalize that comment for an electric car, so can you? No, no, but I'm... T- I'm I, I, so you're I'm talking s- about your average, like... Your average. So the car that I, I actually okay. benchmarked that on was an e-golf, golfy, e-golf, whatever it is. Anyway, okay. they've stopped making it now. Yeah. But but for me, kind of the golf is your kind of average family car. It's a hatchback. You can seat five people, mm-hmm. decent size yeah, boot. And yeah, they made yeah, an electric yeah, version yeah. of it, which was designed to have mass appeal. Um, now we know somebody who's got an e-golf and he reliably informs us yeah we pulled us. the plug out the other day didn't we we did that was quite funny <laughs> um, sorry Tom if you're listening um, we, um, we so, so, so we know we've been we've been informed by him that you know he kind of gets around 180 miles of range so me saying mm. 200 miles was being fairly generous yeah. and, and you know I did some research in terms of how much it would cost okay. to charge an electric golf and I get that there are cars out there electric cars out there with bigger range but typically, they're a lot more expensive yeah, yeah. Than, than 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 your average e golf. So, how much is, is the average? How much is the average e car to buy? Then, if we're talking, let's say a golf, golf's everybody loves a golf, yeah, and that's a normal car. So, how much is that to buy? Though, yeah, they probably hold about in, in that kind of range. They probably hold about a five to seven thousand uh, pound premium over on top the, of the equivalent on, on top of petrol. the equivalent petrol car. Um, there, there are obviously government subsidies and grants available that offset some of that, but but ultimately you are looking yeah. at a higher purchase price for an electric yeah. vehicle anyway. Okay. But again, I'm not I'm not here to get into the uh, the kind of costs and stuff. And if mm-hmm. you are interested in the costs, I watched a really interesting YouTube video. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, and I'm not sure why you wouldn't, Rory Reid, uh, ex Top Gear presenter and probably one of the best yeah. in my opinion, great presenter, a lot yeah, of time for Rory Reid. Um, Rory Reid has uh, it, it presents on the auto trader youtube channel and again some fantastic videos some great car reviews in traditional rory reed style and i love them Um, but one of the videos he recorded whilst he was locked down was um a bit of a comparison of electric cars versus traditional uh, combustion engine cars so if you want to know more about the cost and stuff hear it from a professional because he is actually professional and i'm not i just did a bit of google research Um, but the point of what i'm saying is not about the costs i want to talk Mm -hmm. about the practicalities something that people often don't talk Probably about or overlook. Or, yeah. well, I'm sure they realise it, but it just doesn't seem to come up. Whenever I kind of read or, or, or watch anything about a, a petrol or diesel versus electric debate, it's, just it's always about kind of costs. cost and yeah. range and that's mm. it. Um, you know, when we did those day trips, 
they were pretty spontaneous and anybody who has a family with kind of young children in summer holidays that get bored very quickly and easily and and maybe plan stuff with siblings and there's a few of you will know that it can often be the case that you often plan something simultaneously simultaneously spontaneously you you should plan it simultaneously as well otherwise you're all going to different destinations and arriving at different times and that family trip is out the window you might prefer it that way but yeah, you know, you, you do often do some things spontaneously yeah, or, or even or... just planning with kind of one or two days uh, in advance. Now, if I did those journeys with an electric car, right? So let's take the first one, the Derbyshire Dales, 170 mile round trip. I could have done that in a charge on a, in an e-golf, but I wouldn't have been able to detour anywhere. Now, actually on that trip, and this is true, I'm not making it up for effect. On the way back, um, we were getting quite close to that awkward time for a small toddler which is uh not a small toddler she's an old toddler now um so that's an old toddler that's old weird toddler. what are we she's five years old Why she's just say she's... what's the toddler range i don't know what the toddler what range is this did, did they stop up until she's a teenager i mean right? she stopped no. toddling and started properly walking when she was like i don't know capable of walking whatever that was three and a half but i'm pretty sure three-year-olds are classed as toddlers i well, I refer to mine as a girl but it's because she acts like one. But, well, yeah, uh, no, my, mine is also female yeah. too, in case. Yeah. yeah. So I have a five-year-old is what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And we got to that awkward time, which is she needs to be fed in the evening. Uh, and it's also knocking onto her bedtime. And as we all know, or those of us with young children know that the car is a great place for children to sleep. What we didn't want her to do is fall asleep mm-hmm. having not eaten anything. Because then when you got home, you have to wake her up. We have to feed her. Yeah, and then that's yeah. it. She's up for the night and our evening is ruined as well. So... We, we, we kind of um, we, we had to take a detour on the way home to find a, uh, a McDonald's, right? So, so that's what we did. If you factor in that detour, that 170-mile trip, and I'm not sure how, how long the detour was, but it was probably more than 10, 15 miles. That would mean we were nudging on very close into kind of uncomfortable range oh, we're gonna anxiety make it. territory yes. for yeah. an electric car, for a typical mm-hmm. electric car. Now, had, how do you resolve that? You know, it could, what, we could we could plan better, I guess, but we didn't know what time we were going to be setting off and leaving from that day trip. We could have turned up to the Derbyshire Dells and it could have been a complete and utter write-off. Right? We could have got there, spent a couple of hours, the kids could have got completely bored and it come to two in the afternoon, we went, right, let's just go and call it quits. Mm-hmm. Or let's go and do something else and, and drive somewhere else and maybe there's somewhere else locally that might be more interesting for them or whatever. The point is, even with the best will in the world and you plan your journeys, there are always going to be parts of it that are spontaneous. And in an electric car, your ability to be able to do that just doesn't exist. And before those of you who are sat there thinking, well, you could have just charged your car when you got to the car park halfway there. There was no charging point in this car park. Uh, And let me give you guys uh, an interesting um, fact. So let's take my trip to Blackpool. Going to Blackpool Pleasure Beach. It is, I don't know why I keep insisting on calling it Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Everybody knows what's at Blackpool. It's a beach and we all know it's not that pleasurable, right? So go to Blackpool. It's a very, very popular destination, especially in the summer months. We went in mm. August for, for, for people to kind of spend a day or a couple of days or whatever. It makes sense, right? You're going to want to go to a coast. There's a bit of sunshine. It's probably not raining, which is very rare in the UK. Um, tons of cars. There would have been thousands of cars filling up the car parks. The main car park at the central pier do you want to have a guess how many charging points it has in the main car park 
Bear in mind, thousands of cars are going to be turning up here, and and they don't, they can't all fit in the central car, the car park. Oh, I tell you that there's lots of car parks. But the central it. big, the big car park yeah. where you, where they want most people to go and park, and it's probably the best one closest to all amenities. How many electric charging points do you think are in there? I'm just going by what I've seen in the charge points now. So I'm thinking one, two, four, six. Mm, should have been about I don't know. You'd probably expect like twelve, fifteen. Two. There are two charging points. Actually, the point you just on that point, um, yet on the news yesterday or the other day, actually, the I don't know what he he's an MP or something, the guy, one of the travel transport ministers, and they were actually talking about electric cars, and they mentioned the infrastructure and the charging, and he said, and I need to check this out because I was a bit, he said there are now more electric charge points in the UK than there are petrol stations. Now, what I want to know, so in a petrol station, you don't just get one pump. Yeah? yeah, you'll get you get twelve, even the smallest pump you'll get six yeah, pumps. Yeah? yeah, so I want to know: is he classing this as a, an individual? There's an in, as uh, you know a, yeah, a charge station, yep. or is he classing a charge station as something that has more than X number of charge points? But there's something else. There's there's another there's another dimension to add to it. I know I don't know about you. But I don't go and park my car at a petrol station and then go and do what I'm going to do for the day. That's quite inconvenient for the other people that might need to might use that yeah. petrol station. <laughs> yeah. the, the thing about an electric car is that you can't just turn up to a filling station, spend three minutes stood next to your car and holding you something to it, yeah. and then pay the money to the kind person in the shop and pick up some chewing gum, and then on you go a few minutes later. You're no, going to no, be sat got, there for a while. You've got, you've got to plug it in and charge. Even like the, 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 the fastest charging mechanisms in the UK, which are the Tesla Superfast chargers, to get to a decent amount of range, you've still got to plug in for, I don't know, don't quote me on this, but I reckon about half an hour or so. Oh, and yeah, you can so. do that on, on mm-hmm. motorway service stations or whatever. Those, those Tesla superchargers, mm-hmm. are they only for Teslas? I don't know. I don't know. This is something I'd, I do want to learn a bit more about. But because of what I'm saying, I'm kind of a bit put off by electric cars. Well, well even before you got... So you were talking about practicality, but even... And what, what got to me, you were saying about being spontaneous, yeah? But even before you got to your practicality... So these days now, if you can plan a trip, let's go somewhere. You don't even think about if you've got fuel in the car or whatever. Because no, if you don't, fill just way. fill it up on the way. But if you were... If you've, I don't know, maybe you come home the night before forgot to put the car on charge and you wanted to in the morning you know let's go somewhere here oh shit we're only on a quarter percent or we're only on what a, a, a <laughs> quarter, quarter percent, percent. <laughs> so we're only on a, a quarter i don't know what do you want to call charge. it charge or half a charge then you're like so you either, you might not have enough to get to where you got to go to so then you've got to plug in for a bit so there goes your spontaneity it, it does but i mean i guess most people uh, the one thing they probably bank on is being able to charge their car at home overnight right and i think yeah that's, i guess yeah. that's probably what, what the intention for it is but but yeah that that kind of level of inconvenience is massive and again you know talking about traveling with a five-year-old um you go to a service station and you spend half an hour there i don't that, want to spend five minutes in the service station yeah and we're, and we're grown people responsible yeah. for our own money who maybe can yeah. go and you know buy some sweets and not be yeah. worried about being told off but as a five-year-old right first of all when are we there yet when are we there when are we there when are we there there's, there's that to deal with um and then the second side is part of it is what so you're going to sit in the car a child is not going to sit in a car that's not moving for half an hour unless they're asleep so you've got to get out of the car you got to take them inside and you got to go right okay let's let's go use the well, what, what can they do inside though there's nothing there for spend they, my they money have casinos. Is what they, they have like gambling <laughs> machines there sorry that's it there's nothing there for children yeah, they won't be spending my money there but they yeah. can they will spend your money and again but, you go into a service station everything's so overpriced price, yeah, yeah. so so the 
the money that you might save by charging your car instead of filling it with fuel, a couple of these trips, your you're going to spend it entertaining yeah. your child and you're going to, you know, kind of piss it away on six pound coffees from Costa so, or whatever yeah. it might. I mean, but, coffee, I don't know what it costs, but I'm assuming it's about six quid at a service station. But even then, whatever you're going to spend, it's not for longevity. For example, what you're going to do, you're going to, you're going to buy some sweets, some snacks or whatever. That's not going to fill up the half an hour, 40 minutes that you need that you have to wait around for, though, do you? Oh, where no, are you no, going to wait of, around? The rest of it is going to be filled with the tantrum. Tantrum, yeah. And where are you going to do that? So you're just going to be standing around a service station or sat in your car. Exactly. And, and, and so that's my point, right? Which is, yes, buying an electric car may be cheaper to fill the tank um, and, and cheaper to run. But only if you, first of all, don't do any kind of spontaneous traveling in your car, mm-hmm. which in my opinion defeats the purpose of having a car. car because if, yeah. I, if I had to plan all of my journeys... Um, I, you know, I could, I could plan to the point where I'd use public transport. Oh no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. I, do that. I know, neither would I. I I'm not a big fan That's of public transport. another topic actually, public transport versus, public transport versus your own transport yeah. and the cost of it. Yeah, we'll save, we'll save that yeah, for another day because yeah. I don't think either of us are big fans of public transport. No. no. And, and COVID is a fantastic excuse to now, to now avoid public transport. Yeah, it is. But, but yeah. let's say for, for a moment that we, you know, we were, I guess, more normal or less normal. I'm not sure which scale of no, normal we are normal. have to be. Yeah, you, uh, normal people don't use public transport. Okay, so we were less normal in that case. So let's say yeah. we, we weren't adverse to using public transport yeah. and we and we we go on family trips. Could you, God, God just saying that out loud yeah. makes me cringe. Could you imagine taking a family trip, a family on, a trip on, on a bus or a train? No. Wow, awful. But anyway, let's assume that we did, right? Um, then, yeah, if you're going to plan stuff, then, then that's what you can do. If you have to plan stuff so much in advance, then you're just taking away the appeal of a car and personal transport. It just becomes too much hassle. It does it's become far too much hassle. You probably not going anywhere. The, uh, the only there. scenario I can think of, and actually uh, my scenario, that's a start would probably work, is if you were a two-car household and one car is reserved for kind of your local short-range driving where mm. you drive it to a destination, you park it and you come back and it's completely comfortably within the range and then you charge it overnight, etc., etc. And then you have another car, which can be your spontaneous car. Yeah. But that in itself is a little bit wasteful. Well, really? well, the whole point is to save money and save the planet, but you have to have another car. Because but actually, to that point, I'd be interested to know how many single car households have electric cars. I don't know. I know a few people that are electric cars, but they're not their only car. Yeah. And I guess, well, they may be the only car that they own, but... I'd be very surprised if they didn't have access to people who had other, other cars, cars powered yeah. by traditional yeah. combustion engines yeah. Yeah. for that convenience because you never know when you're going to need it. Mm-hmm. Right? Going back Again, going back to our, our friend with the electric guy, he told me a story where he did a bit of a day trip. I think he went down towards Devon or something and he uh, his range petered out just before he got yeah. there. And uh, I think it was his father or someone had to come along who was driving a normal car with a normal engine in it to, to rescue them. Just goes to show, right? You yeah, can't you yeah. can't completely rely on electric. No, not not right now. It's current climate, and I'll acknowledge that it's getting better. Range is getting better, um, <laughs> and and, and the, ch- the charging infrastructure is getting better. I just think we are much further away than our government wants us to believe we yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the other point of that, and that kind of brings me to to something else I want to talk about, is these ultra low emission zones or ULEs or whatever it is in London, and these um, clean air zones that are starting to pop up in other cities, where Drivers who don't have cars that are either Euro 4 compliant for petrol or Euro 6 compliant for diesel are going to have to pay a congestion charge fee to go into city centres. Now, in the middle of a kind of a downturn economy, well, I think it's officially a recession now, in the middle of a downturn economy or a recession, 
kind of discouraging people from going into city centers to go and spend money and start to, you know, get the economy moving again seems a little bit odd. I think Jeremy Clarkson oh. once said that if you really want to kind of boost the economy, then you shouldn't charge for parking in city centers. Make parking free and people yes. will drive into town mm-hmm. and people will then spend money mm-hmm. in town rather than spending it in the car park or just not going in at all and going to retail parks instead. And when they do that, they just go in for the essential thing that they need and then they leave, right? Um, and these congestion clean air zones or whatever are just further pushing people away from going into town centres by using convenient methods of transport to them. You've got to go on public transport. And as we kind of just alluded to... It's not practical. Well, it's, I mean... It's not cheap. It's, yeah, I'm not, not sure it's as cheap as it is. And again, we'll, we'll come to that in a future episode. But it's, do, you, do you really want to? Would you want no, to do that? No, you don't. Well, you have the comfort of... You. And listen, these 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 congestion charge, ULIS charge... I don't think they're designed to put people off or to encourage them to do something else or a greener way of getting somewhere. The government knows people that are going to go are still going to go. And it's just a way of getting more money. It's that That is pure... That is what I genuinely believe. It's pure and simple a way of just getting more money. I would agree with you, except for, <laughs> and, and I'm laughing here because I read something which I found absolutely hilarious. Um, so the two major cities that are, that are on the cusp of implementing this uh, that I know mm-hmm. of, I'm sure there are more, mm-hmm. um, Birmingham, which is the, the, the closest oh, okay. major city to me, and, yeah. and Leeds. Birmingham were actually going to implement it in the summer of 2020, but um, that, that's been put on hold for well, a I number of reasons. Leeds are postponing it as well, actually. It was on the news the other day. Well, so, so, so the charge for a car if your car is non-compliant and you drive into the zone mm-hmm. in birmingham you pay eight pounds a day i'm not saying that's reasonable but it's probably a fee that we all expected eight. yeah it's not I, I agree it's not reasonable it's, it's it is ridiculous that's right ridiculous. It, and it's a it, but it's probably what we were expecting if you were in leeds and your car was non-compliant and you drove in for the day what do you think the daily charge is it's got to be the same, isn't it? You can't charge something different just because you're in the in a different town in a different city they can and they do the charge is zero what? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So you can't, you can't. The gov- this is a government thing, yeah. So you can't, you can't. So, so they're implementing the clean air zone, but honestly, honestly, you can go onto their website, and I did this, and I checked it out. The charge if you're driving a non-compliant car, there's, got, no, there's nothing wrong. Is, there. is zero. Now there is a charge if it's, if you're a, if you're a taxi driver or something or a private hire vehicle, which fine, I get, and that's separate. But if Surely you are, the if you are, the discount, isn't it? Well, they pay more, twelve pound or something. But if you are, you or I. And you're driving a non-compliant car, so a diesel that's older than 2015 or a petrol mm. car that's older than 2008, I think it is. Um, you drive into Birmingham, it'll cost you eight quid. If you drive into, into Leeds, who are doing exactly the same mm. thing, the rules are the same. It's still the same compliancy regulations and everything. It's all part of the clean air zones across the UK that are going to happen. You pay zero, nothing. That's, there's got, that's got to be a mistake. I, 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 I thought it was too. It's crazy, right? That's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's a mistake that's got to be a mistake they probably haven't set it up yet or done something no 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 you can't, it can't be zero that's ridiculous it's crazy brilliant I think I think if anyone else is going if anyone's listening and you are responsible for um, I don't know pu- pushing out the clean air zone in your city yeah. follow what Leeds have done it's a great model yeah. I think it works it's perfectly. an awesome model <laughs> do we know what London is charging I think the London congestion charge is like the congestion charge is 12 pounds 12 pounds yeah. a day which now might as well be 24 bloody hours a day yeah yeah exactly um, but yeah, so that that was my uh, that was my kind of little story and my 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 view what? on electric cars. I just I, I think we are further away than we think we are, and it's not because oh. of 
it, it's because of the, the practicalities. And it, infrastructure. Yeah, infrastructure, charge time. Even if the infrastructure was there, even if you had uh, charging facilities if, uh, that were a lot more abundant, it's still you'd still have to wait for it to charge. Yeah. Even if you had a charge, even if every petrol station, think of every petrol station there is now. Even if they were all converted into electric stations, you would still have to sit there and wait for a minimum of what half an hour. Yeah. And then you're going to have to do that when you go to next or come back. So that adds half an hour onto your journey time every time wherever you're going to go. So it's the infrastructure, even if the infrastructure was there, it's just, it just adds too much time to your day. But I'll tell you what annoys me the most about electric cars. Before I was, well, electric cars, no way. And it's all about petrol and this and that. What annoys me the most about a pe- uh, electric car more than anything is why are they so damn ugly? <laughs> So Hang on, to, clar- clarify this for me, because there are some very nice-looking electric cars. When you say they're ugly... Which ones? Um, so, so some of the Teslas, the Tesla model... I'll come to that. Okay, fine. S, I fine. think. Yeah, that's the first one. Then the, the is it the X, the big okay. the big 4x4 with the Anyone else? doors? The Porsche Taycan, Taycan okay. Turbo, yeah. even though it's not a turbo. can't be a turbo because it doesn't have an mm-hmm. engine. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's quite a nice-looking thing. Okay. So, you talk, so you've mentioned there uh, Tesla... And Porsche. Yeah, so, I do realise I've also mentioned cars that probably cost, you know, kind of upwards of thank you. seventy to eighty thousand pounds and yeah. then some. Yeah. But taking my point away, it's not about performance taking my point away, it's nothing about performance or anything. So Porsche and Tesla can design nice looking cars. It's not because they charge have them, I don't know I what know, they Tesla call can it. also design some pretty ugly fucking cars. Have you seen the Model Three? Do you know what the the the, the, the sign the semi pickup Saloon thing, yeah, with the doors that no, open. No, 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 no. There's just a smaller, shrunken, horrible version of the S. Of oh, the S, yeah, yeah. It's not, look, it's still better than most. It still looks better than most other electric cars on the road. But my point <laughs> being is, Tesla and and um, Porsche can design nice looking electric cars. Why can't anyone else? Look at the Prius. Look at the Leaf. It doesn't cost you, and I'm I'm simplifying it. It doesn't cost. If we sat down to design a car, it wouldn't cost us anything, yeah. Well, so why? It is just to draw it, just to come up with a, a, a concept, it's, a shape. It certainly yeah? wouldn't cost anybody anything if you wanted us to design a car. Oh, it wouldn't cost anyone. I'm, yeah, I'm, it definitely I'm, wouldn't cost anything. I'm also sure you probably wouldn't want to use the car design. We'd give that shit away. <laughs> but to, I'm not sure they'd take it. <laughs> no, probably not. But to but to just to come up with a design, with a concept, it doesn't cost anything, yeah? I'm sure you've got people that are employing that. Why can why can nobody else? Look at the i3, the BMW i3. Who in their right mind will want to want to want to drive that? Why would you need to design something so ugly? Just because because yeah. it's electric. This is all of a sudden just design a nice design a nice looking one I'll be interested that, that's you know that's a really good point even going back to the Honda E which I don't think looks bad it, there's almost this there's this need to say it's an electric car therefore it, it must be, be well not necessarily ugly it has to be funky or different or eye catching why why does it have to be well, that none of the ones I'm talking about are funky to be fair well yeah I yeah, mean Tesla makes them they'd make some nice looking cars yeah, yeah. so why can't anyone and, else and the divide seems to be quite apparent you know it's either you spend big big money on a high performing yeah. okay admittedly well well designed car yeah. or if you want something that you know kind of what i'm going to call normal people money range yeah. of vehicles you're stuck with something stuck with that looks pretty disgusting but, but what look, the cost of it and i'm talking layman's here but the cost of it or the premium you pay for is for the performance of the car yeah and the equipment that comes in it when it comes to like just sketching something out a shape or whatever i'm sure you can just i'm sure well, nissan's toyotas they can do 
You can do that. Yeah, I mean, I was going to make a comment, but I've just thought it through. I was going to say, BMW are capable of designing cars that look nice, but if I look at a lot of the um, stuff they've released recently... When was the last time they designed a car that looked nice? Yeah, that's true. I guess a lot of the modern stuff is not very nice. I like, mean, genuinely, the last car... that they Take away the six years Grand Coupe, but even that, they've destroyed it by giving it Kardashian's ass. So now it's a grand. Now it's. Uh, well, are you talking about the eight series now that's replaced it? The eight series Grand Coupe. Which no, is... no, no, no. The six series Grand Coupe. Yeah. Four door was the first great looking BMW they've done in a very long time. But now because they've got the eight series, they've turned the six series. Six doesn't exist anymore. Yes, it does. It's a it's a GT. A GT. Oh, right. Okay. Is that the Why old? Why the hell do you need that? Yeah, I mean the whole the whole niche filling thing is is something else, and again that's a topic for another day. Oh, but yeah, I, but, I mean even the eight yeah. series Grand Coupe, which which effectively it, uh, is is meant to be the like for like replacement of the six Grand Coupe. It, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not. I saw one in the flesh. I've seen a couple in the flesh actually. It's just not a nice looking car. Just the eight the eight series Coupe is, is actually quite. Oh wait, they've, it, sorry, they've done an eight series Grand Coupe. They've done an eight series Grand Coupe, yeah, as well. So they've got the eight series Coupe, two door Coupe, and then there's eight series Grand Coupe. The okay. eight series Coupe is actually, I think it's, I don't think it's a bad looking car. It's quite masculine looking, and it's, and it's, it's too busy. It, it's a little it's bit busy. Yeah, busy. I mean, a lot of modern cars are, but the eight Grand Coupe for yeah. me just doesn't work. Something about the proportions yeah. that just don't sit. sit is right the eight series? Is that just before they gave it the stupid nostrils that? Because um, I don't think it has before, the stupid. Yeah, just before. You've seen the one series now. Yeah, the, and actually, oh, do you know what? The, my. God, we actually oh what? Dear. No. So from a no. side profile, the one series looks like the the current Ford Focus. Why would you? And I the was just Ford about Focus to say actually a nice looking car because they've toned it down. Yes, they're taking the extreme. I was about away. to say, why would you? If you're looking at one series, why would you not buy a Ford Focus? Why be, stop being a badge wanker? <laughs> you don't need to buy a one series. Buy the Ford Focus. It's cheaper and it drives probably better as well. Well, yeah, BMW has now moved to front-wheel drive. So if, if anybody who sat there going, well, I would buy a BMW because of his driving superiority and the fact that it's rear-wheel drive. First of all, I'm calling bullshit because on a, on a road, no one really notices the difference, right? Oh, I'm sorry, this thing about BMW and the free series being the benchmark, no. Those people never drove a Ford Mondeo. <laughs> Quite simply, there you go. But no, I'm sorry. BMWs now, is it's thanks to the sheep that go and buy their cars. Oh yeah, and it's the it's the attractive finance models. I'll be honest, that's what yeah. got me into the four series, right? So we were looking for we we had a, a Mercedes CLA shooting brake, um, and this was when my daughter was younger. Yeah. So we were looking for a car that had decent sized boot. You could get the pram into that boot on that is so impractical on the CLA with like the side. Yeah, you can't it, get anything. I, agreed, it wasn't. It, it was. And the reason we went for the shooting brake was because it kind of gives you a bit more lateral space. And, and we mm. weren't looking to move house in it. Ironically, we moved house twice while we had that car. But we weren't looking to move house in it or anything. It was just somewhere we, we could put our, our push chair mm. and a few other bits and pieces as you do when, you, when you're traveling with a small child. Mm. Um, and it fit the bill for that. And you could get the car seat in the back and it was fine. But it wasn't you know massively mm. big inside or anything. So we did want to step it up to a slightly bigger car. Mm. But we didn't want to go and get a 4 by 4 um, as much as I love estate cars, my wife's not yeah. the biggest fan of estate yeah. cars anyway, and and uh, this would be the car that she predominantly drives. So we stepped out away from the the shooting brake, yeah. and we, to be honest, when we were shopping, one of the big uh, deciding factors for us was who's offering great finance deals mm. and offers, and BMW do, the, and that's fair, another reason why do. there are so yeah. many on the road. Yeah, right? they do always do. I had fair. no massive allegiance to the to the four mm. series i know that that 20d engine is a very good engine i know that the zf8 speed gearbox that's in it is a very good gearbox and yeah mm. it's, an, it's a decent looking car and it's fine and it's comfortable and all the rest of it 
But what I just said there could apply to so many oh, other cars God, so for sale. And and again, with the space, you know, it's the same kind of space as an A5 or a 3 Series or an A4 or a Mercedes C-Class or, yeah, or I'm yeah. not sure if Ford still make the Mondeo, but whatever Ford make in that range. Oh, no, there's lots of yeah. uh, kind of Korean uh, cars. The Stinger is probably Kia. a little bit bigger. Ki- yeah. Listen, but, Kia. Yeah, I, and I agree yeah. with you, but... BMW offered very, very attractive finance packages. And I, yeah. I honestly think that's what sells cars now. It's not about the car. It's not about the necessarily the engine or the drivetrain configuration or how it makes you feel or any of that stuff. It is literally who can give me the best thing for the Which cheapest monthly payment. Yeah, and me true. as an avid petrol head, sad to say, you know, I, that was one of the main decisions I made for buying that car. Don't worry, I didn't lose all all kind of uh, sense of being a petrol head because my other car, which I'll come to in a future episode, mm-hmm. is completely the opposite and it's got and it it completely wasn't um decided as a result of how uh cheap or efficient it might be to buy or to own no it's really because you had an itch which you get quite frequently anyway so yeah i had an itch that i need to scratch it's an itch that might bankrupt me but anyway no more on that we'll come to that in future episode but there is one thing that you said a phrase that you said which makes me want to talk about something that pisses me right off and that is the phrase 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 why can't i talk today not great day for me not to be able to get my words out. We're recording a podcast. You got your water there? Have you had your water? I've had my oh, water. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, O is constantly surprised by the fact that whenever he offers me a drink, I ask for a glass of water, and he goes, "What?" Just uh, and he just knocked his microphone over in surprise. <laughs> um, and he's like, "Plain water? You don't want sparkling water? You don't want flavored water? Are you sure? I've got other drinks." And I never like, get why no. everyone's water. Yeah, just it's the only time we use the filter, so it's a good job you come around. Just check it's still working. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, but no, I've had more water. But no, the phrase you mentioned, which was badge wanker. Mm. And, oh my God. And, and by the way, the thing that annoys me isn't the fact that people will go and buy a uh, one of the, you know, the three Germans, the Audi, BMW or Merck because they're Audi, BMW, Merck. I'm talking about those people that feel the need to put a fake, fake badge on their car. Oh God. Oh Why? God. And... and let me just talk a little bit more to describe what I'm on about for those of you that may not know what I'm on about, although you probably do if you're listening. For those people who go and order an M badge from eBay to put on the back of their 320D, oh. or even worse, take the 320D off entirely really? and put and an M3 badge, badge on. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen oh, I've plenty seen that. of that. And, you see, pictures. And, and it's not limited. I mean, it's it's... It's most prevalent in BMW because it's easy enough to just go, hey, whack an M badge on and get rid of the other numbers. And I've got myself an M3 or an M5. Everyone's going to now believe it's an M3 or an M5 or an M whatever. I mean, I'm pretty sure people have done M1 as well, even though that's a completely different different car. It does not look like... Well, it doesn't exist. Well, Well, sorry, apart from the couple that they have. Apart from the actual M1, which was a a, a two-door sports car. There's no way resemble the the small hatchback that you've got uh, with its uh, oil-burning engine sat in front of it. Um, But yeah, it's most prevalent in in, in BMW, but it exists in all brands. You know, there will be Ford Focuses driving around with RS badges on them, and they're not a Focus. It's this design. I saw, uh, when they used to do the, I saw an ML... Three and I don't know what they ended up. It was a three fifty diesel or whatever, an ML CD diesel Brabus, <laughs> a Brabus ML diesel, and this guy had gone the whole works with it, done everything with it, and he'd left the diesel part on there. Now, now you know what's likely to have happened, and this is true. So Brabus 
who, for some of you don't know, are, are a tuning house affiliated mostly with, with Mercedes. Mercedes. And they do have their own Brabus models, which are yeah. very, very yeah. rare, uh, very fantastic cars, very often expensive. have bonkers engines yeah. and they're very expensive. And he's got a Brabus GL. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty special. Yeah. Um, but Brabus do tuning chips, plug-in, plug-in chips that are uh, that will uh, preserve your Mercedes warranty, and they do tuning chips for their petrol and diesel mm-hmm. engine cars. So I bet you what this guy had done is he'd got himself a Brabus tuning chip, probably off eBay. So who can question whether mm-hmm. it's actually Brabus yeah. or not? Stuck it on and thought, do you know what? I've now got myself a Brabus I, Mercedes ML. I exactly bet you he didn't even have the tuning chip in there. Man. Well, maybe. I, yeah. bet I was you just giving this person even, a bit more yeah, credit. I bet you right. didn't. But it's no, no. You're right. These bad. It's just. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, and you know who I blame, to be fair, is the manufacturers now. Because they, they love putting M on, so they'll put M on an M sport car, or now you've got the Mercedes AMG line. That's, what the frick is an AMG? I'm sorry, but if the anvil isn't under the hood, it's not an AMG. That, for, that for me, they are the biggest offender. So, so Audi did it the right way. Audi had S cars and RS cars, so they're slightly uh, you know, kind of less hot performance models they called s cars and it was the s you had an mm-hmm. s4 you had mm-hmm. s5s s6s s8s yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. and then the hot ones the rs4s rs5 rs6 clear differentiation you're right with mercedes they've got it's the same naming convention it's amg letter two numbers and you've got amg c63 yeah. amg c43 it, it's not an AMG vehicle in my eyes. What that is, is it's a, first of all, it's 43 means nothing as the 63. Three means nothing, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's actually a C-class Mercedes with, and I'll admit it's a very good six-cylinder, I think it's a twin turbocharged engine. And it's a very, very good engine and it's a very, very quick performance car. Wait, wait, but but it's how not do, an AMG car. But how do they badge that up then? It's a C43. Huh? Yeah, see, we went through this last week. Oh yes, yes, we did. Okay, okay. Just so, listen. Hey, listen to last week's episode. Give oh, us one more listen, and then you'll bring yourself back. You. Up I was to supposed to be the listener. You were supposed to be the listener. Yeah. Okay, listen back yeah. to what we said about yeah, yeah. last week. That's a C forty three. But for me, they're the biggest offender because it's it's because it's not an AMG, AMG no, car. Yeah, I don't care how it looks. The looks do not make it an AMG, an M, an S, an RS. It's the anvil under the hood. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, and the it's, rest of it, obviously, the suspension, the engine, it's and the suspension, stuff like it. it's the steering. That's what makes it, it that it's car. The, yes, it's, it's all of the drivetrain components which make it exactly. different and more special than your ordinary yes. road-going. But version. it's just this need now, just to sell, sell, sell. You know what? Don't it's a marketing. Ba- yeah, of course. But don't badge it up as an AMG or whatever. If, if you want to sell the AMG wheel separately. Someone wants to put the boot spoiler on it. So, no problem. You know, go, go and, buy, go that, and yeah. buy it from our shop. No problem. Yeah. but don't diminish it, devalue it by putting a badge on it yourselves. Yeah. I'm sorry, don't do yeah, that. Yeah, and I agree with that. I've got no issue, right? If there are people out there who want to take a uh, a base model 3 Series or whatever and they want to put an M3 body kit on and even the quality, then do you know what? Just, do it. And, and that's just, the great thing I love about car culture, yeah. right? I've got no issues with anybody who modifies a car as long as they do it well they don't just drive it through half yeah, yeah. and stick on yeah, like exactly. crummy crap yeah. but but i've got I mean, no i'm not issue. a fan of lookalikes i hate i hate no but but if you're gonna but, if you're gonna do what one that's very well executed i've got no issue yeah. with it really but don't call it something it's not don't put the you know, badge on it yeah don't put the badge on it yes and, and when you're and when you're at a car meet or you're talking to a fellow petra and they go oh wow it's a nice m3 be do the right thing and say it's not an m3 it's not an m3 it's yeah. a three whatever it might yeah, be yeah. but i put but i put the kit on it and they'll yeah, go oh yeah. wow okay it actually looks really convincing that's fine. it looks nice yeah yeah that's and it. you'll get it a lot more respect nice. then yeah, going yeah, yeah. yeah and then you start it up at the petrol station and yeah, then yeah. the black smoke comes out yeah. the back yeah and, and for me mercedes are are the ones that you know they're, they're the they're worst offender right you. now because yeah, yeah. i said audi have got s and rs I, I, that gets yeah. under my bonnet as well it, okay well 
we'll come to that in a second because I want to know why because I'm not I'm not sure I see it. They've been doing it for okay. a long time. Yeah, yeah, they have, they have. Yeah. But but BMW recently been doing it, and again BMW, you know, they've got the M340i, and then they'll have an M3. Um, so you know, again, if you uh you look at all the additional numbers, you go, all right, fine, it's not exactly the same. It's a slightly different naming convention, but AMG or Mercedes rather have just gone, yeah, whatever. Letter two numbers. Yeah. And I don't know how true this is. When the C before the C forty three was launched, um, there was talk. Uh, and again, this uh, I'm maybe speculating here, or, or, or vicious rumors that circled. But there was talk about whether it should be called an AMG uh, C whatever forty three whatever they were going to call it, mm-hmm. or whether it should have just been called the C four fifty or four thirty or whatever. Right in in terms of traditional Mercedes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Again, being completely honest here, if the car was called a C450 or whatever they want to call it, I know the numbers mean nothing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. You know, but ideally a C300, but a C300. Like they used to be called. A C300 has a two litre engine in it, but we'll get to that mm-hmm. in a second. Um, or, or for another day, or for actually for last episode. Yes, but yeah. I would happily go and probably go and buy a C450 because from everything I hear, it's actually a very, very good car. The engine is fantastic and it's great. And it's enough of a departure away from the one below it for it to feel like so it's, it's, yeah, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a great performance car. It's yeah. not an AMG. Yeah. And I'm saying that it's not, not an, an AMG, AMG. Yeah. right? It's not the C63 no. full yeah. fat thing, but it is a great performance car. I would actually happily, assuming it fell into budget and depreciation is a wonderful thing, so it will eventually <laughs> one day, I would go and buy a C450, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't go and buy a C43. I couldn't. I couldn't buy one. I yeah, mean, because it's not the because re- it's not the real deal, is it? It's not the, it's not the full deal. fat. It's not the full because it's it's like it's like something buying a baby one or something. I think like a baby Aston or a baby Rolls Royce. Someone's going to pull up with the real thing, and you're going to feel like a dick. But even that alone, not it's it's like it's like people. It's like why it's like people why people buy the Porsche Boxster if that's what even it's still called now. I'm I'm, I'm we don't share the same view on this. No, we don't. We don't because so 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 poor. Before we move on to Porsche, I just want to say one thing. For anybody who puts a fake badge on the back of their car, you are an idiot for two reasons, right? Because what you're trying to do is you are trying to convince the world that you've got the top of the range vehicle or the special one. The people who are going to be fooled by that badge don't care. Because they, they don't honest, know. Because they don't, they don't know. They honestly don't care, right? So you're you trying know, to impress people who haven't got a clue. Yeah, exactly. You go to them and go, I've got an M3 and they'll be like, okay. Yeah. They won't even know what it is. That's nice. Oh, it's a BMW. Yeah. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. It's probably all they're going to think, right? You could equally tell them that you've got a, a 1 Series or any anything. An i3 maybe even. And they'll go, Ooh, BMW, yeah. fancy. Yeah. There will be no differentiation for them. The people who actually care whether you drive an M3 or an RS4 or a C63 or whatever it might be, will look at it and they'll go, that's not real. Really, yeah. And not care as in like well, it's just have an interest and we're just like why are you why are you doing that yeah and then the other, like you're a dick. and the other reason you're an idiot is because you just wasted five pound of eBay money exactly you could have spent that on sweets yeah. actually here's one so if you could so we're compiling fake well we do it in our own time on our own Instagram account right we we expose and upload fake badge wankers so that so if you can send in your any pics that you have send them into our Instagram account yeah that's at drivel podcast at drivel podcast yeah and we'll uh, we'll we'll expose them there is a great Instagram account um, 
already it's called M Badge Wankers. It's actually fantastic. Is it? Is yeah, it? It's, it's brilliant. It's really, really good. Yeah, I, I, I have no personal affiliation to the account. Are you really? See, oh, yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna. I'm gonna find them now. And, and by the way, you probably that. noticed because I've done it twice now. I've no issue in calling out like stuff on social media or on YouTube, whatever that that I enjoy and I think is great. Because absolutely, if you're doing a good job and you're entertaining me as a petrol head, I'm gonna make sure the world knows about it so everyone else can be entertained. You're looking at it right now, aren't you? There actually is one M Badge Wank. I'm following it's it. It's fantastic. I'm following it. It's really, really good. Oh my days. Let me, what have we got on it? Some of the examples are really, really good. We've got an X6 M50D X6. Mm. So they had to put X6 on there twice. Of course they did. So everyone knew it was an X6. Oh but, but that's the God. point. You mean you're first of all you're going to make up a model that doesn't exist, or if you're not going to make up a model that doesn't exist, everyone who cares already knows. Stop it. Stop it right now. Save the five pounds. Spend it on sweets. Don't. I don't this... care what you spend it on. Just don't spend it on a fake badge. That's oh, what I've got to say. This is quality. But before we wrap up, I just want to go back to your point then about Porsche. And uh, I'm conscious that we have gone over our 45 minutes that we normally uh, try and keep the show to. Uh, so apologies, but actually I'm not sorry, because if you're listening this far, you're probably enjoying it. So uh, you should be thanking me. Um, us, sorry. This is not just about me. It's not a one-man show. Oh, is also here, even though he was I distracted run the show. by his phone. He I won. run the show. <laughs> so he'll have you believe. Um, but yeah, going back to your Porsche thing. Yeah, I'm, go on, I'm, go on. I, I know Jeremy Clarkson said it, and therefore everyone should believe it, that the Boxster or Cayman are the poor man's 911. That's simply not true. The 911 is a different car to what those are intended to be. The, the, the Boxster and the Cayman were always intended to be small, lightweight, two-seater sports cars yeah you've got a convertible version which is the box and you've got the the hardtop version coupe version whatever which is the cayman the porsche is meant to be more of a sports touring car and if you look at the current range that's exactly what it is right the porsche 911 is a sports touring car it's got back seats arguably they're not particularly no it does not have back seats sorry it let's does. no no, no. just because someone's put a bucket in there does not mean they're seats but it's, yeah it's got space for a kid but it's a but my point is it's a different type of car is what it is, right? You, if you want to buy a car where you're gonna, you want a sports car that you do long journeys in, and you, you kind of, you know, you do better cross continent driving. You do, a 911 is the car for you. You wouldn't go and buy a Boxster for that, and you wouldn't buy a Cayman for it. If you want a car where your kind of your your local, uh, sorry, not your local, your regular journey is a blast on some A roads and B roads, and that's your commute to work or whatever it might be, or you do an occasional bit of track day or whatever. If you want one where the roof comes off, you buy a Boxster. If you want one where the roof doesn't come off, you buy a Cayman. And that's what those cars are for. It's a different purpose. why would you need those? How much do they cost? They are cheaper. Well, I mean, uh, cheaper. It's, it's New cars are crazy money these well, days. Yeah. I, can't, well, I can't believe that these you know, these things that, in my opinion, should be worth 30k are... 30k? No, no. They're retailing for like closer to 60. But a 911 retails for over 100 grand these days. You wait, it's a 911 though. So you're going to pay 60k... No, no, I wouldn't. For people to turn around and say, uh, he's got the port, he's, he's driving. Not for people, for you, for you well, to turn around. No, no, for that. people to turn around. In its around, own right, these are really, really No, no, I, no, no, I will agree that in its own right, he is a very good and capable car. Mm. But the fact that they can charge 60 grand for that, and some people will pay 60 grand for that when there's a hell of a lot of other capable cars out there that you can get. It's just because so that people can... Yeah. The, don't, the stigma don't with it... 60 grand. I'm going from memory here. And well, I, may it's be, not, I may, may be re- re- recollecting a like, kind of special edition. Well, it probably will be. be but... Listen, Porsches aren't cheap. And let's not forget, they charge extra for a seatbelt, stitching, steering wheel, wheels, wiper, everything. But there's a hell of a lot more you can get. There's a lot more you can get for 60 grand yeah, than can, that Porsche. Yeah, you can buy a, a Julia Quadrifoglio. Why would you not? Oh, I so want one of those. Why? Again, I'm waiting for would depreciation to do its thing. Not. 
Now I don't know how much the four C is or whatever, but why would you? Why? Why would you not? And it's not. It's it, and to be fair, it's not that. It's just this, it's, it's a stigma that people have of you're paying. You've just bought that because you can't afford the real one. Yeah, there is a, there is a bit of a stigma, but I, I I personally think that comes from people who don't necessarily understand it all that well. And and I think that stigma is changing on on the Porsche side of things. That's probably why they had to change the name. <laughs> yes, so, it's, put, it's, so they couldn't call it a Cockster. Yeah, it's a seven one eight or something. Seven one eight or whatever. Yeah, it's known known by chassis number now, basically. But yeah, so that that's my view on Porsche, and uh, that's the, my very strong view on uh, fake badging. And the, uh, so you made a point in the Audis when you said about the S and the RS. But the reason I yeah, hate tell the, me about this. I hate that. I hate it because with all other manufacturers, yeah, like BMW, uh, you know, you've got the whatever normal top range model, and I'm talking E days, yeah. So 330Ci. Then it was the M3. There was no in between. So now you've got an S, and then the RS. Mm-hmm. So. Why the problem with that is I could comfortably and happily, and I've had one drive a three thirty, and someone could pull up next to me in an M three, and I wouldn't look at it and think, oh shit, I've got only got a three thirty, or and I'm pretty sure the other guy wouldn't look at me and think, ah, you've only got a three thirty, because they're in their own right, they're separate. It's like that's the cutoff, and now we go to M. But Audi have done this S thing where you've got an S, and that actually probably plays more to my point about Porsche, you've got an S because you can't afford the RS. Okay, I see, I see where you're Yeah, I would from. rather they just have the, I don't, I've never known what Audi call their cars, but the A4 3 litre, whatever their most one is, that's it. Mm. And then here's the RS. Well, no, I mean, like, like we said, whatever last, it is, like yeah, we said yeah. last week, that's all yeah. changed now anyway, because yeah. you've now got two numbers on the back that two mean numbers, absolutely yeah. nothing to, to anybody. I still haven't figured out exactly. what it actually means. But I, that's why I would never buy an S. Because I'd be like, the moment someone pulls up next to me in an RS, I'm just going to be shrinking. Yeah, okay, I see your point. That's what I hate about them. Yeah, that's true. Although I think um, uh, there may have been a time where Audi would ever only launch one RS model. At uh, a time. I was about yeah. to say that used to annoy me as well. They would only do one RS model of just one car at a time. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but again, that's that's quite cool in the sense of it absolutely maintain the individuality of the RS brand. And, and I get, again, I get I get that right. Yeah, because it's just, very special. And they go, it is this. If you want an RS car, this is the one that. Even you have now, to buy. they don't do RS on everything, is it? Like they, they don't yeah. do an RS four saloon. Uh, no, it's an event. Yeah, but then that's what they're famous for, right? They're famous for fast events. Yeah, true. Yeah, true, the original true. RS2 that was co-developed with Porsche was a an event. Was it? Yeah. The original RS2 was an, was an event, yeah. And then RS4s and RS6s and stuff afterwards. They, they, they did they if, obviously launched saloon versions of RS6s and RS4s. If you had to buy an estate, if you had to, there was no choice. Mm. Yeah, you had to. But you could pick whichever one you want in a reasonable money. Which estate out there would you buy? Uh, I'd buy the uh, W204 C63 AMG. For those people who don't understand what this nerd is talking about, he's just said he's by a Mercedes. Yeah, it's it's, not, it's not it's not the current C sixty three model. It's the previous one that has the the big six point two. Yeah, just ignore all the numbers he's played out at the start because you lost me when you said that. <laughs> there will be people out there who know. <laughs> see, would you see? I would. I said I'd always buy an Audi estate. Okay, yeah. I would always get the RS. I, yeah, uh, I don't know if it'd be the RS four. Or the RS6 event. Yeah, but. And, and you know what? There was, for um, for for a very, very long time, um, the RS4 was always on my bucket list. Yeah. Um, I've, I've currently got a bucket list car now, and it was hmm. a toss-up between the RS4 and, and the one that I've currently got. Um, so it was, it was close. But when it came to kind of real-world buying, having mm, to own it, I mean, yeah. it's not like the thing that I've got now is, is going to, 
you know, it, it, it doesn't have the potential to bankrupt me because it probably yeah, can and it yeah, probably will. will. But an RS4 is just a little bit more likely to do that because it's slightly less reliable than yeah, the one it is yeah. that, that I have. Uh, so yeah, so I I, I, I get that and I, I see ha- what you mean. Having said that, though, my cousin's just bought um, an he bought an e e three fifty estate sport seven seats and stuff and that does look nice yeah no it's, it I, does I, look very I, I do nice. think estate cars are, are nice i think they there are there are plenty of estate cars that that look really really nice there's something there's, about a capable estate wagon tour or whatever you want to call it yeah that there just is. flies under the radar and has an, a, a kind of a cool appeal to it yeah. that a, a saloon or a coupe just, just can does, never just, ever it just won't happen it just yeah, can't have no it can't at all where are we at? Oh, right. Well, I think that probably abruptly and brings us to the end of the show. I think we've, it, it, I think it, we've it, dribbled it, on for a while. Yeah, we have we? dribbled so, on for a while. Yeah, but um, hopefully you guys have enjoyed. If they're what we still said. there, thank you. Yeah, yeah, for the for the people, the two people that were there. Yeah. So um, I had fun today. I think we should carry on recording more of these. Uh, well, well, that's not in question, really. To be fair, we're going to be recording them regardless whether <laughs> someone listens to them or not. And I mean, your company's not too bad either, I guess, when you're talking about something sensible that I can pay attention to. Such a twat, though, aren't you? You've always got to, you've always got to kind of have a, have a dig. Well, but well, you know who isn't a twat is the two people that have been listening to us. I was going to say definitely not you. Not, yeah, no, 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 me, no, no, no. It's the two people that, that have been listening to us. They're definitely not um, uh, twats. And, yeah, and by, we are very by, grateful. Thank you for listening. We are. By the time we upload this, hopefully that will that will double, double figures, doubling every compound doubling every week will be good. Actually, what so to, um, go, to go from one listener to two to four to eight. yes. That's it, see? I know what compounding is. You eh? do, yeah. I'm impressed. Math skills. Yeah, quickly I did the addition as well. See Can that? you tell I'm a maths graduate? <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> but um, no, on another point though, honestly, if there's anything that we've said that, well, anything that we've said that's made you laugh or just shout out, swear at us, smile, reminisce, think about something that, you know, that, that has hit home with, you know, your past or something that you've had in your time, um, please do get in contact with us. Let us know. Um, hop onto whichever platform that is you're using. We're on... We're probably on um, Instagram is probably the best place at the moment to get hold of us, isn't it? Yes, if you want to give us any direct feedback on Instagram, but if you do uh, whatever platform you're listening to on, go on to that. There will be a rating mechanism for the show. Give us five stars, or if it's out of 10, give us 10 stars. Leave a comment, drop a comment in, into that section as well. It really helps with the, with the yeah. rating and the feedback system. The comment can be, listen, make sure the rating's 10. If you want to abuse us, put it in the comments we'll listen to it and we'll try and improve just make sure the rating is 10 though so don't abuse us on the rating abuse us in the comments well i mean if you ideally i get enough abuse from this guy already anyway so if, oh, you, yeah. if you if you could refrain from abusing us that would be great yeah. or you know you want feedback well i i, I talk about feedback just please you know give us a feedback and say you know what you think you would like to hear more of or what we're not doing right or why aren't we talking about this or stuff like that just let us know and we'll try and incorporate it in our in our planning yeah, absolutely. Get in touch. Uh, you can find us on uh, Instagram, as I said, at Drivel Podcast, and you can also find us on Facebook. Yep. Well, uh, we will be on Facebook by the time this is uploaded. Yes. So, um, until yeah. next time, drive safe. And uh, take care. See you soon. And we sign off. Goodbye.